Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and I don't suck, and neither does the Pipples podcast, but anyone who plays the Riders, they suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let's go, Rider Nation. Hello, Rider fans. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast, the Piffles Podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. And I'm wondering who the hell is this guy? Comes and goes whenever he wants. Like, what the hell? This is my world. I I, I control when I show up. When you guys need a boost, I come back. Oh, this guy's a regular Chad Kelly. <laughs> all i do is win talk, we are going to talk about chad kelly later because i have some things i've been waiting to say about this guy for a little while um but plenty of stuff to go on the show uh this week before that of course you can give us a follow on twitter at pibbles pod you can give me a follow at real alex d you can find me at sapamod and as always i need nor want your pity follows at greg on sports Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. And uh, we are going to dedicate this episode to Derek Myers, of course, uh, former Riders beat reporter for Global Regina before he became a Saskatchewan Party MLA, passed away at the age of 45 from cancer. Uh, So this episode going out to you, Duke. Lost you way too damn soon. We'll miss you, pal. Let's get to the opening kickoff. All right, so the big news here in Ryderville actually just came out the other day. Kean Schaefer-Baker signing an extension through 2025, adding another two years onto his contract. I personally did not see that coming, and I could not be happier about this. What a great, shrewd move right now by Jeremy O'Day. Definitely didn't see it coming, especially with the CFL, uh, sorry, NFL interest he was getting but then again that was kind of hindered by his hip so yeah we are losing a good portion of the season coming up but we got him for two more after this so i'm excited i don't see it as much of an issue for his uh, nfl pursuit because he can still take that shot every off season and, and get a rundown to the u.s it gives him the raise that he absolutely deserves keeps him happy while he's here in the CFL and guarantees if he's up here, he's in green and white where he belongs. I think this is a, the very epitome of a win-win for everybody involved. Uh. Well, and if they are going to six game him to begin the year, which is probably the assumption right now, he still gets paid for that, but it doesn't count against the cap, but you've already budgeted for that money to go against the cap. So I'm wondering if uh, that was the bonus or the, the, the signing bonus that he would have got for for adding on two more years right now is let's say I'm just going to throw out a number just for argument's sake fifty thousand dollars. Let's just say that's what he would miss in the first six games. You added that, and he gets a nice little bonus. So if they did that and still, you know, really didn't add anything to the cap, absolute huge win for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 
And uh, they did have one other signing um, as well, an offensive lineman, Colton Lamson. Normally don't make a big deal about this, but this to me, he's only the second true left tackle that the Riders have signed this offseason that's going to be coming to camp. And that's really interesting to me because left tackle was a huge issue for this team last year and has been since Taron Vaughn started getting injured in 2021. Um, they haven't been able to lock that down. But only having true two left tackles doesn't, I, I, like, I don't know. Does does that bother you guys that it might be some right tackles that get shots at left tackle and see if it pans out? Well, it's better than the zero left tackles we had last season. It's literally an infinite improvement. I think that position is basically penciling as Philip Blake anyway. So this is a guy that can push him. And if he pans out, you can just move Philip to the interior or, and you're still just as good with him. So I'm not too concerned about the left, left side, right side thing right now. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of guys will actually get a shot at that in training camp. And, but I'd like to see one of the, um, Americans, or at least one of the younger guys, doesn't necessarily have to be an American, can really yeah. step up and take hold of that left tackle spot. Because Philip Blake, as, as effective as he can be at left tackle and as versatile as he is, he's what, going to be 38 when the season starts? So he's not that old. Come on, guys. He's, but I mean, he's a bridge guy, right? Like he's, he's not a long term plan. I'd like to see them find a long term answer to left tackle here you know like xavier fulton was back say back in the day uh but you know he was he was the guy for many seasons and they need to to me they need to find that that's one of the biggest things that they have to do over the next year not necessarily right away but throughout the season they have to find a guy who's going to be that guy going into training camp next year well and that's it like that's one thing this team hasn't had in a long time is a stable offensive line it's it's been pretty wishy washy since 2013. Uh, it's been a revolving door, and the young guys that they had, they let go, and it just hasn't been good. So, they definitely need to shore up a, a solid line all the way across. All right. Well, the theme nights. Alex's We're favorite topic. Oh my goodness! Flicking a light. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna sit back and let this go. Day. Turning a light on and off is not a theme. Okay, so let's go through this. We're going to run down here. So theme nights are announced by the riders. Um, I don't want to compare them to what, you know, maybe BC is doing, because obviously BC with their home opener, they're starting to make that a big deal about getting a concert in there, a big time concert, One Republic last year. That was massive for them. And it really kind of set the foundation for the whole season for the BC Lions. And I know they're going to be doing that again this year. They haven't announced it, but... Um, it was a it was a big thing. The writers, well, they just put out an article. Great, great buzz there, guys. Like when Ottawa announced theirs, they used theirs using New Girl theme or scenes from that sitcom, which top three sitcom of all time, New Girl. Um, but they they had a theme to their own theme night. What are you looking at me like that, Steve? Top top three? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Actually, me too. I'm trying to figure out what the other two are. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, we're there. And probably The Office. I can't agree on The Office. I never got that show. I don't get it. 
New Girl, I could at least, I could say top ten. I don't know about top three. New Girl, that's is not that good of a show. Not that not good ma- of a show. It, it, it makes sense that our Steve. It, it it makes sense when our our Dwight Schrute doesn't like The Office. So, but ah, top three. I don't know. Anyways, let's continue on. <laughs> Anyways, they had a theme to announcing their theme nights. The writers just being like, "Hey, hey, look, here's our theme nights." Boom, article. Okay, fine. Lacking creativity there, but what else is new when it comes to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and theme nights? First one, preseason, community culture night. I have no issues with this one. I think it's great. I just wish it was for a regular season game, not a preseason game. I think they're doing this so they can paper the stadium, get more people in. If you highlight local talent, they'll bring their friends. And that's already a hard sell to get people to come to that game. And if that's the that's the idea behind it, then like that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I have no interest in preseason games other than going to go honestly just going to the park and enjoying a game. But by the by the second half, I'm tuning out. Pretty much. The excitement's just not there. And that's I mean, when you're trying to bring in casual fans, how do you do that? Well, you're not you're paying to see guys you're never going to see again. My my favorite part about the entire game is what seeing that many bodies on the sideline. It is absolute chaos with that many players on both sidelines. It's great that way. All right. And then there's the home opener, which is dad's night out tying in with father's day. I like that idea. Giving away the 5,000 hats to dads. I'm not sure how you're really going to, tell which 5,000 guys are dads, but okay, sure. Um, giveaways are great, though. I, I like that. That's It's about time they finally do something like that. Kim Mitchell's going to perform at halftime, you know, for all the dads out there that are 60-plus that want to go for a soda and go are for a it. wild party. I if, they, no if, they, if, they, if they don't do a gopher soda t-shirt with Gainer on it, they, they've missed the point. <laughs> Brand a beer, brand a drink that night with that. Put it on a cup. People would love that. I would love that. I think that's great. They need to do something. My issue with this one, though, is Kim Mitchell. Not with Kim Mitchell himself. I think the show will be be good. I like Kim Mitchell. I, I have no issues with that. But you're reaching out to an audience that is already going to games. You're You should be trying to get a younger dad out there with the family and i don't know who what the answer is as to you know who you bring in but a guy who's what 70 really i'm guessing trooper was double booked that night already must have april been. wine unavailable harlequin i'm Harlequin's sure harlequin playing, yeah they're probably playing at some point probably for uh for labor day i would imagine um but just i i think they could do better than that I mean, Kim Mitchell's going to be at Shake the Lake, which is full of 50-plus people watching concerts. you got to get younger people into the stands, and I just don't see how this does that. You think anybody who's you know, curious about the CFL, oh, yeah, I want to go to see Kim Mitchell. Okay. I, I love the fact that last year, BC got Imagine Dragons. You know, We saw other big concerts throughout the CFL, and we get... Kim Mitchell. 
It was wonderful. That would have been a great concert 30 years ago. <laughs> They've it had Imagine Dragons before, me. too. It's like when the writers first started doing this concert series, it was it was okay, but now it just seems like they're just going through the motions. I can't remember the last time they got an act. I'm like, hey, that's that's pretty cool. Jojo Mason mainly because he's like local, but he was doing something down south at least. But I, yeah, I'd rather. I mean, in just... fairness, when the biggest name we could get for Grey Cup was half of Florida Georgia Line, what were we expecting for the home opener? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's the whole the Father's Day tie, and I think all that stuff is great. It's just. I think it'll it's poorly executed. Uh, the next one is going to be Throwback Thursday, which retro night. Nothing wrong with that. It's been done. People like it. It's fine. I hope they have some sort of retro merch for that and bring out some of the really old logo stuff. I think that would be cool. Um, I just wish they tie this in with the Legends Night, which happens later on. I get it. Legends Night isn't a theme. Okay, that's just Plaza of Honor and honoring the 10-year anniversary of the Grey Cup team, which they deserve it, absolutely. And they all deserve the accolades that are going to come with it. But that's not a theme. Here's Here's my problem. One of my favorite things about Labor Day is they keep the retro jerseys on ice until Labor Day. They're breaking them out for this game. It, to me, it kind of takes away the specialness that I is one of the things I tie to Labor Day. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. I I yeah, you're right though. This I I don't see this as much as a theme as much as it is a hey, we needed something. And they basically split Legends Day in half and threw it up here. Well, well the problem is if they if they letters- there is nothing that Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans love more than nostalgia and looking back on all four of those championship teams. I stand by our best period is recent. And everyone like, yes. oh, yes. Jo- George George and Ronnie, George and Ronnie, oh, the 80s. The team was bad. Like, like oh, four-ish when they started turning it around, oh, seven, the Grey Cup, and then on. It has been the best period in this franchise's history and everyone talks about the good old days blows my mind here here's why they decided to split the two of them up they had a whole bunch of people in a room trying to plan these theme nights they ran out of ideas and if they put them together as one they would have had to come up with one more terrible idea they don't have time for that so they split them up into two equally bad nights that people will absolutely love because, like you said, there's nothing we like more than nostalgia. But, yeah, they should have put them together. I don't get it. Uh, the next one is, and I hope yes. I'm pronouncing this right, is a Saskatchewan game. Um, one of those that just, again, awesome. You're never going to hear me complain about it. hope they have the shirts made up again with uh, you know, Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Cree on it. I think that was fantastic. And I'm all for doing that all again. And you're never going to hear me say a bad word about that. I think it's important. Um, so I love that one. Um, then we get to Country Roots Night, which 
again, again, country music, right? I I get it. That's going to be a theme, but it's so stale and boring. Like they got to do something here to wow me. Like you're giving out five thousand bandanas. Okay. Um, Bobby J going to be there? Yeah. When I think of bandanas and Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I'm thinking about number seventy-one. I'm not thinking about Country Roots Night. And it appears that you, there's it, not going to be concert for this either. I don't know if Jess Moskaluk was busy that night, uh, but it says it's going to be an on-field halftime performance, whatever that means. To me, just bring out the dogs. You need to do an on-field thing, bring out the dogs, bring them out 10 times in half, at halftime. But The on-field performance at, at halftime is just going to be Jess Moskaluk. They just don't want to say it out loud. No, I isn't I. I thought this was the game where the uh, didn't they announce the um, dance uh, line or uh, the hip hop team? What the, the hell? The dance, the dance flow crew. Yeah, the dance yeah. crew. Yeah, but uh, that that's yeah, that's on country night. Your yeah. hip hop dance crew, yes, is doing country night. Cool. I'm sure they'll line dance or something. Oh, I, I'm I'm certain that it's going to be good. I'm certain it's going to have a country kick to it. But that just seems weird. I like the dance flow crew. I think that's great. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I think it's... Oh, I awesome. like them. They're awesome. They're To me, they're better than the cheer team. Uh, going out and doing stunts and stuff like that. I love it. I think it's great. And I'd like to see more of that, honestly. I think they were booked in for two days to come in. Two games. Um, hopefully they can make it for more. But this one for sure. Um, I don't know if you noticed, next... but if you tried to badmouth Country Night on on Twitter, though, you got it. You got absolutely attacked for it. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, your missions. Yeah, that was the only thing people. Because I said, "How do we feel about yet another?" Or uh, anybody else sick of Country Night? And every response was, "Nope, love Country, yay Country, top three music." I I get that this is you know. Saskatchewan and that's all people know but there is actually other music out there I've also, heard from a source outside of Saskatchewan that there's other music outside of our our borders also and throwing this back because I'm a small town country boy uh, today's country ain't country just throwing that out there hey if they're gonna go country country roots night and call it country roots I better hear some old stuff old give me some Merle twangy stuff right but give me some something with a steel guitar. Don't give me some uh, some bro country like we're getting nowadays. Like I don't want that. If you're you going to play in Saskatchewan, there better be fiddle in the band. Damn straight. <laughs> um, family day does nothing sure. for me, honestly. But I understand that. I mean, you got to have those things. You got to get the, as, the young crowd in there. Uh, okay, here's the thing. As a dad with a kids, family day, they should be doing that kind of stuff every game because that's how you make the young fan. When yes. you when you separate it to one day, sure you may sell a few extra tickets, but you're not helping your long term. Yeah, you do good on one game. What what about the next game? So yeah, bring out the face painters, bring out the stuff like that. Like, do something special for the kids. Like you barely even see Gainer walking around anymore. I was talking to Dylan just the other day, my my oldest son, and he mentioned how his favorite part. He went to the Nickelodeon 
uh, Regina Pat's game. And one of the best parts of the game for him was the stuff they had all around the concourse. You know, the 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 bouncy castles, the mini stick hockey, all the things there that are designed specifically for kids that they have at every single game. The riders don't do any of that. They do they they put all their eggs in one in one basket when that's the market they need to be growing. You want to get you want this team to be good for the next generation, bring in the next generation. And they're not doing that. And I'm certain some of the riders will point out to the party in the park where they got cornhole sponsored by Coors Light and a giant oversized beer pong sponsored by Coors Light and all that stuff is like, oh, we got games for kids. Well, it's sponsored by Coors Light. Yeah, the kids can come to party in the park, but it it's basically for your like 19 to 25 year olds. It's not made for the actual kids. So you, you got to be able to serve two masters at the same time. And once again, I know it sounds like we're just using the riders as a kicking post right now, but they just can't seem to walk and chew gum at the same time when it comes to stuff like this. Like I know the BC Lions are doing a, uh, a family day as well too. Um, theirs is just a little bit different too. So they're going to have uh, bouncy castles, face painting, a scavenger hunt. Um, 5,000 pop-ups will be handed out at gates for kids. Um, they're also going to have warm-up shirts. Uh, kids are going to design their warm-up shirts that are going to be auctioned off for charity. And they're going to have stuff on the concourse with uh, mascot appearances um, by their own mascots. And it says, and other special guests. So you know there's going to have some sort of you know cartoon theme with that, obviously. And it's just that extra level of thinking here uh, with kids designing the, the warm-up shirts and then auction them off for charity. That's so smart. That's great. Because a kid will see that and be like, I did that in school or I made that. How cool is that? That's a story he can tell, or he or she could tell anybody and will tell everybody. And how cool is that? And now they feel more a part of the CFL. So it's, to me, it's just like little things like that that the riders are missing with with their, like, cool, you're going to have Paw Patrol mascots out there. Cool. Kids see that every single day. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> it's nothing special. And, and the kids will like it. They'll have fun. But it's nothing memorable. And nothing that they're going to take with them when they go home. Um, then we get to uh, my favorite theme night. Um, the Labor Day Classic. Tap on. Oh, yeah, sorry. Wrong one. I'm ahead of my skill. Yeah, Labor Day Classic, because <laughs> Labor Day Classic is a theme. I get it. For this game, you don't need to try the and... game market itself. It this, yeah, this one this need... one's a gimme. This is their free space on the bingo card. Yeah, this is where you could do if you're gonna do something like this, like let's let's go back into the past and let's, you know, bring out a bunch of stuff from the 2007 Great Cup, have little vignettes or something, have James Johnson come out. Okay, just anything you can do to smack talk the bombers in this one specific game, I think would be great. Have a bunch of 23 to 19 references. See if the Argos uh, guy that blocked the field goal can come out for the day. The the guy that blocked the field goal in the Great Cup last year. Yeah, or bring back, you know, bring back Rocky Butler or Kerry Joseph. I know that's cutting it obviously close to the NFL for Kerry Joseph uh, with being a coach for Seattle, but maybe have him do a video or something, bring back Labor Day legends or something like that's what you can do to really make it a theme 
Otherwise, it's just another regular game. So, again, a little bit more that they could do. Now clap on. Okay. Clap yeah, on. that was the clap, clap on, clap off. Lights out game. I actually, it, it looks cool. It really does. Um, although September and at like 7.30 at night, it's still not going to be completely dark. So maybe loses that full effect, but it'll still be, still be cool. And people are starting to love it, which is great. So if you can keep doing that, great. Last year but, was more duskish anyway. It was about the same yeah. time last year. But like, it's not a theme. How are you making this a theme when you're doing it before pregame and then at halftime? And then even at halftime, it's kind of a dummy down version of it. It's not a full the full effect of it. I just, I mean, to me, and I know you guys hate this, but the black jerseys. I was about to say something about this. So this the Husky. The do this is the time to do it. You're going to have a lights out game, call it a blackout, whatever you want to do. This is the time, one time only all season long that they wear the black jerseys. I agree with you, but I don't. Huskies do this every year as well. The same thing, the blackout game, shut the lights off, fire a bunch of fireworks off. Huskies wear their black jerseys. I get it. I think apparently they made a mock-up of it. They've got that midnight green jersey sitting somewhere, a concept sitting somewhere back there. If they're going to do it, this is when you do it. Why not? Make it special. Make it absolutely special. But yeah, you're right. Lights on, lights off makes no sense. Here, here's my problem with the black jerseys. They're still the black jerseys. Thank you. I never want to see those again in in Rider Nation. I can't tell you how much. I would rather see pumpkin spice in July than see the riders bring out the black jerseys. Careful what again. you wish for. And I, I agree with you on the black jersey part, but careful what you wish for. My my problem with the black jerseys is as a design snob, we have a thing called uh, black for black sake, BFBS. There was a point in the 2000s where everyone had a black jersey because that was the cool thing to do. And that's what the riders did because that was the cool thing to do. I They don't need it. I You can play with green. You can do a bunch of different things. You can do a bunch of specialty jerseys. I don't even hate the midnight green concept from what I've seen, what I've found out about it, but I don't think you need to do black because as Joel Gasson pointed out today on Twitter with BC now having a black Jersey, you got BC, you've got Calgary with their uh, confirmed. Their alternate is back. Technically speaking, you've got um, BC with their gun metal, which is close enough to black. You got the tie cats. You got the red blacks. You got four teams that are basically hogging up the black jersey space. Let's just stay out of the black jersey space. Don't get me started on the BC Lions going with a black jersey and completely ignoring the fact that orange is their primary color. Right. We're going to talk uh, about those in just a don't. Bit. Yeah, I, I, I've got stuff to say too. We'll get back to that one yeah. in a second too. Um, counterpoint, though, for black jerseys, and think of this from a Craig Reynolds side of things, a money side of things, merchandise. Do you not like money? How many people would buy another black jersey right now if it's available? How many okay, people well, would buy it? If that guys, midnight, but... but no, I, I wouldn't buy a black. But Ryder fans will buy Ryder jerseys. It doesn't have to be black. It can be, like I said, that dark shade of green. Because that's that's the thing teams are doing now. Like Look at the Texas Rangers with their City Connect ones. It looks black, but it's a dark navy. 
You can do the same thing with green. You doesn't have to be black. Stay away from black. But yes, just more jerseys just, means more merch. I agree with you on that one. I'm not. Well, I'm not do, against do that. Do something to make some money off this. Because make that game special. Even, that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we half mentioned Legends Night. Obviously, that's when the Plaza of Honor inductees and the 10th anniversary uh, celebration for the 2013 Grey Cup team is going to happen. Which, I only have again, one question. I have one question that needs to be answered. I bet you I have it. Yeah, I think I know. I think I know where you're going with this. Is Darian Durant coming? That's and if he is, if he is, that better also be his plaza, because the fact is that man basically separated himself from this team. They better get his ass in that stadium on that night honoring that great cup. Cool. You're gonna have question is is he up. answering that phone call? Depends on if it's somebody from a 306 number phoning him. I'd get somebody from out of town calling him. Well, we got uh, we got 639 now. Do you think he knows that one yet? Yeah, I'm sure he's probably figured that one out. Um, but I get somebody with a how get somebody from I don't know. The BC. You pay as you go think, I think Kyle Walter still has his number. That call. <laughs> Does Kyle Walter still have his number? Yeah. Hey Darian, you owe me seventy thousand dollars. Um that's the one. Cool. Rob Bag might come back. Cool. Mike McCullough will be there. Cool. Chris Getzlaff will be there. Cool. You could bring in Weston Tressler. I'd like to see Corey Sheets there personally, but the one G-Roy. guy is Darian Durant. And if they do not get, yeah, G Roy would be fine. But if they do not get Darian Durant, to me, I don't want to say it's a fail, but it's just, it's, you can't it's heartbreaking. have heartbreaking. You just, can't it absolutely is a fail. It, and to 100%. me, it's heartbreaking. The, 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 as much crap as that guy had to eat, he is pr- by far easily, well, obviously top four. He's one of the four quarterbacks has won a great cup in this in this town. But I would put him top two quarterback of this franchise yep. easily. And the fact that he's apparently rumored not to answer a, any phone call from Saskatchewan blows my mind how that relationship soured so badly is to the point where we've hit this point is just it it sucks it hurts and you know the guy bleeds green and white through and through after after he screwed the bombers out of seventy thousand dollars after we pissed him off like the guy lives and breathes rider nation and you don't want to say it, but I absolutely will. If they don't, if they don't find a way to mend that bridge and bring Darian Durant in for the 2013 celebration, I don't even want to see it. It would be an embarrassment to this franchise. That's just a mistake. Cancel the event. Do a new theme. Do something else. If you cannot bring the one guy who is most responsible for that Grey Cup run, don't do it. That semifinal, if it wasn't for him, they would have lost. I've By never far. seen you look up in the dictionary of the words for carrying a team. I've never seen a guy do it as much as he did in that fourth quarter. Like what he did that entire that entire second half, that fourth quarter. I don't think I'll ever forget it. That game was the Riders' Great Cup. That was the Great Cup game to me. Mm-hmm. 
because I knew I knew that was going to be the toughest one going into Calgary with the injuries that they had on that D line. They didn't stand a chance. Oh yeah, I, I called that too. Yeah, like they for starting playing their starters in that last game against BC that year and losing both their defensive tackles to injury. I'm like right there. I'm like we beat BC. Corey Sheets is going to run all over them, which is exactly what happened. And, and I'm like, Grey Cup at home, they cannot lose this. There's no way they can lose this. As long as they beat BC, they're getting that home Grey Cup game. And Darian made sure that happened. Darian made sure that happened. He ran his you ass me, off Steve. that game. Yep. yep. You sold me on this, Steve. If they don't get him in here, it's an absolute fail. If he's the only guy from that team I want to see come back, honestly, I am making a pro- I'm making a promise. Darian Durant is not that game. I am going to create such a stink; it's not even going to be funny. And we got a lot of time to create a stink because that's near the end of the season. <laughs> so they better announce him early. Well, like you said, when they got to announce the the Plaza inductees, it's, it's got to be him. It's got to. This has to be his year. Because you, you know you're only going to get him here back. once. You know who else they should bring back for that game and that game only? The idiot behind the Twitter account that pissed Darian Durant off uh, earlier that year, the Zuck right off guy. Yeah, yeah. Bring that. Wow, bring you that you remember you remember the handle? I couldn't even remember it, but that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. bring bring that guy back in. I guarantee you, Durant will be the next in line to to be at Mosaic if that's if he's there. <laughs> just to just to flip him the bird with the thing with the great ring on his finger. Um and the final theme night again, not Man. a theme night, 13th fan appreciation night. The giveaways and whatever in the crowd, whatever they're gonna do is gonna be good. Um their big thing obviously is a corporate ass kiss of uh um a local car company. There you go, you yep. said it. All right. Um, it's because they're giving away a truck at, or a vehicle at halftime. You have a choice of whatever vehicle for, I mean, if you're one of the 10 people that are there and have a chance at it, it's awesome. But otherwise I'm not winning a free car. I don't care. Yeah. They definitely yeah, need to, to tweak that a bit. There, there, there's got to be what? something they could do to actually do a theme here. Especially because they should be doing now- what other franchises do with the end of the season. Like, I remember going to the, the Penguins game at the end of, was it 2010? It was the final game. It was their fan appreciation night. And they did the jerseys off your back thing. Had fans out. You get the jersey right off the player's back. You get you get to meet the player, autograph jersey, all that good stuff. You want to make it a fan appreciation night? Show that you actually appreciate the fans for a night. It's really that simple. I would love that theme. That sounds like a great theme. And especially after, and I know we hound on this all the time, the season ticket holders get nothing anymore when it comes to the cheap swag. Like, I would kill for a shoelace at this point. So, yeah, put put the season ticket holders into a, fa- uh, a jersey off our back thing. Draw it randomly. I don't care. Like, make 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 the fans feel like they're appreciated. And not just go, yeah, there's 10 people down there going to win a, win a car after they... It, tweeted us a bunch of times and now we're getting spammed in their text messages like i i don't yeah they 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 got the right idea they're just not taking that extra step to actually follow through 
they just have to find a company that'll sponsor the jerseys off our back part of the event so they don't have to pay the min- minimal number of dollars per jersey that they would lose to make 42 people's dream come true well maybe that's a little a little hyperbole but come on they can turn around and sell those things for three three hundred dollars uh, like six seasons later <laughs> um i'm not bitter this, the, the, the riders did have a u.s-based fan experience marketing expert or group in for a few days before this was all announced and nothing wrong with doing that I don't know why you have to bring in a U.S.-based fan marketing expert because Saskatchewan is a very different market than any other in the pro sports world. But if that's the best they can come up with is these themes, it seems like a waste of money to me. And the sad sure thing is... But the sad, the sad just, thing is last year they made this big deal about this marketing firm and they ran focus groups. They ran a bunch of focus groups on theme nights and jerseys and that new logo that they still haven't rolled out yet for whatever reason, even though it's trademarked. And nothing has come of it, as far as I can tell. Everything I've heard about these focus groups from people that have been in them, nothing has seemed to been brought out from it. So I don't know if the feedback they got wasn't good or they're biding their time, but I don't know what they're waiting for. I I find it hard to believe that they had all these focus groups and all of these guys sat in the room together and said, you know what would work really well? Doing the exact same thing we've done every year for the last decade. This year's the one that it changes. This is the this is the year we it finally works. The, why have those groups if you're not going to change anything? Like, gun to my head, I could have named five of those theme nights without hesitation. And I feel like I'm being generous on the five. It, I probably could have gotten all of them. Oh, wait, wait, it's, though. The wait, I refuse to change is the problem. The they did change they, one the thing. That they don't include actual themes is another problem. You know, other franchises in every sport, they'll do a Star Wars night, a superhero night, a 90s theme, an 80s. There is a world full of ideas and themes and the only one that they get stuck on is country night and turn the lights off yeah we're not they did we're do not asking them to recreate the wheel here like just use something different that's all hey the guys they did do something different this year i forgot to mention this did you guys get your robo call from evan johnson too what no i did oh, not. i didn't tell you you guys did okay I, I forgot to tell you about this i laughed so hard i was sitting at work Two weeks ago, and the rider ticket office phoned me, so I answered my phone, my uh, personal phone, not my work phone, and it is a recorded message from Evan Johnson, the worst offensive lineman, thanking me for being a season ticket holder, and then hung up. Wow, the fact that they can't even get a player to come in for a few hours and make that call is. Very Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And the fact it was Evan Johnson. If you're going to do a robocall, pick someone better. Like, how hard would it have been to pull Trevor Harris aside and go, hey, Trevor, I need a uh, voice note of you thanking thanking someone for being a season ticket holder. Evan Johnson. Might not even be on the starting day roster. And he thanked me for being a season ticket holder. 
<laughs> it's because he might I'm be a season glad. ticket holder too soon. I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't get that call, although I, I wish I did. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I, for, I, I meant to tell you, I, I got sidetracked at work that day. I meant to tell you, I laughed really, really hard. Like an entire was... roster of players who would have been a better choice. Yep. I'm like, this I is like the, the guy. Idea. It's good. That it's they, a good they, idea. They, like, that's great. But here, okay, no, no, my problem with that is though, Edmonton actually had their players come in and call people. Yes. And oh, we, cool. we get a recorded Bennett? message. Jamal Morrow calls you out of the blue. Whoa, cool. That's awesome. One of the stars of the team? Yeah. I want to go down and get his jersey now. Even if Evan Johnson calls you out of the blue and actually is on the phone, it's not as bad. But the fact that they had the whole roster to choose from for a robocall, for a 30-second clip, and the name they came up with, and I'm just picturing a focus group specifically for that. And all these fans naming Trevor Harris, Jamal Morrow, Mario Alford, you know, Shaq, if the hell, Shaq Evans last year, like throwing all these names out. Oh, uh, you guys, we're going to go with Evan Johnson. Could you imagine the, the sheer look of like blank stare on every face in that room? Because I guarantee you not a single person in that room other than Evan Johnson's parents would have chosen him that day and even that would be debatable actually sat with his no offense to evan Her- evan johnson it's just sat sat- why sat-, sat with his parents at the uh, gray cup in uh in ottawa in 2017 nice people actually no doubt and evan johnson i'm sure is a nice guy too but like how would how this fran- franchise constantly manages to bungle the most simple things is why we can still do a show seven years later and it never gets boring because there's always something stupid to talk about they constantly amaze us easy steve don't talk to our for our fan and i use fan not fans hi greg's mom (laughs) no she uh, yeah she she might listen to mexico my kids definitely listen so we got fans we do have mutual we have fans how many of them are not related? Uh, good question. Good question. Good question. <laughs> Tweet us if you're the one. Uh, um, that's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal Page or China Realty. Uh, let's jump to the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Chad um, Kelly! Do we go Chad Kelly or do you want to do the jerseys first? Ooh, what's good? Uh, let's do jerseys first because we can go through these really quick. Okay. Okay. Uh, BC Lions and Calgary Stampeders unveiled new jerseys. The Stamps actually new did it on Tuesday, Tuesday night here. Yeah, new-ish, just full red and, and white. That's Bone, uh, Plus, kind of... got rid of black. It, well, kind of. They're, they're weaning off the black. They they got white face masks now. They're going to the barber pole. White, pan, uh, white pants on the red jerseys, red pants on the white jerseys, white stripes. They still got black outlines around the logo and on the helmet stripe for some reason. So they're weaning off the black so they don't look like red, blacks, west. That's nice. Of course, they keep their black uh, Labor Day jersey from last year. Yeah, if they're only using it for Labor Day, then fine. That's, that's fine. That's whatever. It, it separates that game, I guess. 
and and it had to happen. The 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 stamps and the red blocks look like they were Scorpion and Sub Zero in Mortal Kombat. Just palette swap on the same <laughs> goddamn thing. What a reference! Wow. <laughs> well, it's true. This is how you. This is how you know everybody in this show was born in the eighties or, or, or earlier. Well, but, well, Mortal. They still make Mortal Kombat. I just played Mortal Kombat Eleven. It kicks ass. I, I could have said Ermac and Rain, same idea. You want me to throw in Lizard See, but in there? The difference is no kids nowadays are saying, I just played Mortal Kombat. It kicks ass. It does kick ass. You play, play Tekken. I, I love Tekken. I'm great with Tekken. I just got my what kid in Soul Cal. I just got Connor into Soul Calibur. It's awesome. But... What was the what was the <laughs> Street Fighter one? Was that that was Ken and Ryu, right? Yeah, Ken and Ryu, yeah. And there's yeah. also Dan and Akuma. They're basically all the same thing, just different keys. Interesting. Did not know about yeah. those last two. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, Akuma's available in Tekken because uh, Connors was playing as Akuma. I'm like, hey, wait a second. He's in Street Fighter. But I digress. Ever... Anyways. Did you guys ever play Killer Instinct? Yes. All right. Saberwolf. That was the best one. Uh, Yeah, it was all right. I, I didn't like Killer Instinct. I played it. I didn't like it. What was the Raptor's name? There's a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. There was, and there was a boxer as well. I remember the game. Raptor. I don't remember all the characters. Riptor. Yes. I love the fact that you Riptor. said Raptor. What was the Raptor's name? And his name was Riptor. Primal Rage. Remember the fighting in dinosaurs? Okay. Anyways, we've gone way off topic here. Back to jerseys. TJ Combo. There you go. The boxer TJ Combo looks like a bad uh, Mike Tyson knockoff. Yeah. Also, as soon as I saw the name Riptor, I was like, oh, no, I did play that game for sure. Yeah. Anyway, Lions. Off-white. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It looks dirty. Fog. Come on. How do you feel about the black jersey, Greg? They took the Ticats jersey and went, let's make it orange and black. It's funny. Somebody said that on Twitter. They said... Basically, the the new BC Lions jersey is the tie cats. If you you look at it from the side of your eye, and it's, I can't unsee it. It's it's not to. wrong. It's it's not wrong. And technically speaking, the stamps is similar. So the new big thing apparently is is to simplify everything to two colors. So stamps are now purely red and white, one color numbers. Tie cats and BC Lions have gone with a black jersey with one color number. So it's either orange or yellow it's the hip new thing to do i don't hate it 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 looks clean but the only thing i like about the bc lions one on the black jersey the only white on the entire on the entire set is the white logo around is the white around the logo so it really makes the logo pop on both the helmet and the sleeve but that gray jersey can be th- shoved into the ocean because I hate it so much. It's called. Fog. I will say this. I thank you very much. Fog. I feel like it can fog off. Just saying. thank you. Um, <laughs> my my issue with with the black jerseys that I mentioned it earlier is the fact that the BC Lions primary color is orange. Neither of their jerseys highlight the fact that their primary color is orange. Like if you took a bunch of you know, jersey of, of those jerseys, put them side by side. And somebody who kind of follows the CFL knows the team names. 
isn't going to know that that's the BC Lions anymore. That's just a weird black and orange jersey. But here's the thing, though. With their team. In the 90s, they wore black. Like, I distinctly remember silver helmet, black jersey, silver pants. Like, but yes, orange should be their primary. I think it would look a lot better as an orange jersey with the black two black stripes, black num- black numbers. I, I agree completely. They could do with the same look with orange. When they're on- when they are the only team in the CFL with orange exactly. as their color, they need to highlight that. Every other team has somebody that matches. And and you got the the Lions going, you know what? I know we have the 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 monopoly on orange. Let's try and control black too, just for fun. Just makes no sense. I hate it. But then again, I hate black jerseys as a whole. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like that one no matter what they did. But where where's the orange? My problem with that is because they they've already got the gunmetal. So they already kind of got their dark off brand jersey anyway. So they could have kept the gunmetal one with an orange jersey with the same striping pattern and it would have been just as good in my mind. I will say that they have the best jersey in the sense that it, the orange retro that they have, absolutely beautiful. That should be their full time jersey. Agreed. That said, I'm also super easy to please, and I like the black and the, the off white, the fog jerseys. So whatever. They look dirty. There, there's never been an off white jersey that does not look like the equipment manager screwed up. Every time you say off white, I just think of Mitch Hedberg. Also true, but you, you you look at the L.A. Rams bone white jersey. It looks like it looks like di- dirty dishwater. The the greatest team in the NFL, the Patriots, had a silver jersey at one point, and all it looked like it was just dirty. Like either you need to go like dark, like darker gray, like the Hamilton Tiger Cats hammer gray, is the right shade of gray. It looks on purpose. Anything lighter than that just looks like. Dirty laundry. Um, tying in dirty laundry to our next topic, Chad Kelly uh, went out on Pardon My Take and aired out his dirty laundry and his CFL contracts, complained about it. So Pardon My Take, obviously, it's a Barstool Sports uh, podcast. You'll never hear me ca- catch me listening to that. But um, Chad Kelly goes on this and basically says, and this is a direct quote, if you have kids, maybe mute this for a second. Uh, he has a shitty contract, which I'm not going to dispute that because when you sign a rookie contract CFL backup? in the CFL, it's not, yeah, to be a backup, it's not going to be a good contract. That said, nobody forced you to sign that, Chad. If it's so terrible, if it's so crappy, why'd you sign it? Because nobody else would sign him. Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell signed with the Riders, got a paper cut on his finger, and went into coaching. You did not have to stick around, Chad Kelly. Like, I get it. It sucks. You think you you obviously think you're a star. You tell everyone you're a star. You got a good case of bad luck with MBT getting hurt in the Cray Cup, and you willed your way to a few good plays. You also made a lot of dumb plays. You got lucky with a block field goal. And now you've lucked your way into a starting position, possibly if you get through training camp. 
you running your mouth isn't going to help you in the CFL or even in the NFL. Because guys are going to, let's face it, scouts and GMs are going to look at that tape going, this guy's a hothead. We don't want him. You might find someone to give you give you a shot, but they usually don't like the guys that like running their mouth. I kind of fully appreciate Chad Kelly's confidence in his abilities, that he thinks he's the next superstar or he is a superstar. I can appreciate that he, I mean, you have to have an ego when you're a pro athlete and he has one and he's very confident. That's great. You need guys that are confident. Definitely. Again, like you said, though, Greg, you had a few good minutes in one game. You started one game at the end of the season, which you lost. And then MBT got hurt. You came in, made some plays, got a blocked field goal. Everybody fell in love with you for whatever reason. Okay, cool. How many players have come into the CFL, have had one good solid stretch of four minutes, and you never hear from them again? There's so many out there. About, <laughs> we just talked about Rocky Butler earlier. Yeah. Rocky Butler at least started some games in his career yeah, after full, that for other teams. And Rocky and Butler made, had a full game. <laughs> he did He did make you know a career out of that. Um, maybe he's the the exception to the rule there, but it's like too forward. if you just go with quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks have just fell off the radar after having one good game? Where's Isaac James Parker? Fra- now? James Frank James Franklin was going to be a star in this league. Yeah, Brandon Bridge was going to be a star in this league. There's 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 so many guys that have come in, looked okay. And yeah, you give them a chance after that, but then they flame out. There's just, I mean, there's too many of them. Chad Kelly would not be a thing if it wasn't for his uncle. Yep. He is living off that Kelly name. He was Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL. And I normally, I hate that term because you still got drafted over how many guys that didn't get drafted. He was the last draft pick by the Denver Broncos, seventh round in whatever year it was that he got drafted. Oh, that's why you hate him so much. A little close to home. He Alex. was one of the other close to home. Yeah, he was. He was one of the guys that couldn't, uh, you know, take over for Peyton Manning, and that's why the Broncos haven't made the playoffs since winning Super Bowl Fifty. Um, so I do blame Chad Kelly <laughs> partly for that. Um, but it just like, and any press is good press, and for the CFL, especially with you know, primarily a U.S. based podcast that he goes on, you're getting listeners down there. Maybe some of them want to tune in now. Be like, hey, you know what? I do want to see this guy play. And maybe we get some more eyes up here in the CFL. And that's a good thing. But, dude, shut your mouth. Just, you you want to be a star? You want to prove that you're the best? Go out there and be the best. They I say there's no I, such... I, think, I, I don't think Toronto's going to be that good this year. They have a very good, solid team around him. I just think that Chad Kelly is so full of himself that that's going to be the downfall of this team and when he struggles because he will as a young quarterback well inexperienced quarterback he will struggle it's going to happen darian durant struggled darian durant also had the character to fight through it i don't see that with chad kelly i think when things go bad for chad kelly they're gonna go bad and this guy is gonna be out of the league within a year and not by his own choice well, they say there's no such thing as bad publicity. Chad's really 
kind of pushing that line. Because if he doesn't deliver, he sealed his fate. Like he keeps on talking about how the CFL is his path to the NFL. Well, all right, Chad, buckle up because uh, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on you if you keep on running your mouth. And if you can't do it, you might be lucky to make the XFL. Maybe. If the XFL is the only reason he's the only reason he makes the XFL or the USFL, if he pans out here, is his name. Like like Alex said, he can live off of that for for a while, but the way that he said the things that he said is is what I have the biggest problem with. It's not that he said them, but it's that he did it almost back to back to back. It's like he wanted it all out there all at once, and couldn't couldn't say good things about the CFL in the process. Basically, this is just my trampoline to get back down south. That's. What what good does that do him? What good does that do the league? Nothing that he's shown so far has made me a Chad Kelly fan. And I'm very glad that uh, Bethel Thompson retired and we don't have to worry about seeing him here because I can only imagine what that kind of conversation would do in a fishbowl market like Saskatchewan. Because he's, at least in Toronto... Not to knock the fans, because they do have a ton of great fans, but you're not going to be the talk of the city there. If you flame out, you're just going to be forgotten. But could you imagine in Saskatchewan, if he was to talk that talk all off season and then crap the bed? I take it back. I kind of wish he did sign here now, just for the entertainment value of that, because it would have been delightful. It's just fitting that his name is Chad. Um Apologies to guys named Chad out there that aren't complete d bags, except for Chad from the Wolf. <laughs> actually, I like Chad. Actually, Chad from the Wolf, one of the nicest guys out there. Um, Greg, I do have a question for you, and I know you mm. you have an answer to this. I know you have an answer to this. So we just passed the yeah. CFL combine. Yes. We're just before the CFL draft in a couple of weeks and then training camps and then the season ramps up. Mm-hmm. What part of the off season are we in right now, Greg? Oh, I love CFL fans. <laughs> so guys, I, I, I got a bit of a game for you. I have six things written down here. I need you to put them in chronological order from the end of Grey Cup to the CFL draft. Because every year... We relive the same events and everyone forgets like they existed. So I'm going to tell you something and you must tell me, and this is a bit of a strategy, but this is between you two. You got to tell me where you think it fits one through six, but I'm going to tell you one at a time. So save what you think is going to be later and what's going to be the earliest. Let's get rid of the rouge. At what point of the offseason do we say, let's get rid of the Rouge? One through six. Going right? right in the middle. It feels like a middle of the offseason conversation. Yeah, I'm going to say three. We're going yeah. with a three. All right. My favorite. The stamps are going to fail this year. Six. Uh, five. Always right before. Always right before preseason. You you guys got to figure this out because it's it's already happening. Everyone's talking about the stamps are not going to be good this year. 
So you guys got to come with a, a consensus. I'll go, I'll go with five with Alex. Five. Let's get rid of the ratio. The ratio does not no good for anybody. It feels like that number one. Pretty, yeah, that happens pretty early. Uh, also, yeah, Maybe okay, never... we'll go with we'll go with one. One. The XFL oh, yeah, and the USFL are problems, and we need to deal with this or merge with one of them. That's like, got to be four. You, you've already yeah, used one, I was one say, three, and five. Yeah. So you have I'd two. Say you have four because four right now. That's like smack dab in the middle of the UF of the XFL season. So they're gonna start talking about it while that crap's going on. I'd go four. All right. So you only got two left. Yeah. And two and six. It, two and six. Expansion. It's happening. That'll have to be two. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe you guys are leaving this last one for the last one. The riders are gonna be better this year. This is the riders' year, guys. Damn it. That would be number one. Yeah. Shift everything down one. <laughs> See, but Did that feels get... like a conversation that also happens right at preseason too, because it's it's the hope that kills you, right? To to steal a Ted Lasso quote, it, it's absolutely the hope that kills you, and we have that feeling. Maybe it's just me, the eternal optimist, but that feels like a like a preseason or close kind of thing. But it also feels like a all off season thing until we don't know any better. So to recap, Did we get any of these bang on? Well, no, I didn't even I didn't even have an actual. I just wanted to see if this is if this sounds right to you. So apparently, after the Grey Cup, we go immediately into the ratio fight, mm-hmm. and then we talk about expansion, and then we just want to get rid of the Rouge, and then while well, the XFL and the USFL are going to eat up the CFL, so we may as well just just join with one of them. And once again, the stamps are going to suck this year, as they have for the last you know decade. And it's it's the riders' year, baby. And then we're into the draft. Every year we have these conversations. Every year we have these conversations. And it's like we have them for the first time every year. So is this the year we get rid of the Rouge? No, but we'll have the same conversation next year. (laughs) Let's amend it. Let's amend it. I I love CFL fans. In fairness, we have that Rouge conversation quite regularly throughout the year. And it always feels like it's the first time it's talked about. When somebody somebody high up has to mention it, you know, somebody on TSN or somebody, uh, a high-level reporter with one of the teams or somebody with a blue check has to, well, not anymore. Not anymore. Well, anyone with somebody $8 with can the have a check. Fund. Yeah. But, like, it has That's to be somebody legacy. that is important. It, well, you can't tell the difference anymore, so it doesn't matter. Blue check's yeah. a blue check these days. <laughs> How do we get a yellow check? Uh, by being funded by 69% of the government. <laughs> I I just don't get it. Like we, we, we have these conversations every year. Every year. Nothing's going to change, people. Enjoy Which the is why this year. 
which is why the CFL needs to do a better job at spacing out their content throughout the off season. And no, it helps CFL week more things. Yeah, it's exactly. Say the same thing. See, and the problem with CFL week was it was a, a previous commissioner's baby, and Randy seems to want nothing to do with that one. What and don't get me wrong, I I, I can't say too many things about Orange's tenure, like the entire coaching cap thing, and the trading for coaches was under his watch which kind of screwed a lot of things up. CFL week was good, though. That was one of the best things they did. Don't forget about the logo change. That was bungled. That was bungled. Nothing like showing up a great cup. New logo! What? Okay. Yeah, time, and, time and place, guys. Time and place. Speaking of a conversation that should happen during the offseason. Miss CFL week. That was fun. We introduced coming up next episode. Yeah, coming up next episode, we're gonna rant about why there's no CFL week. I'm putting that in. We have a document. I'm putting that in right now. CFL week argument. All right. We should we should reach out to the league and see if we can get Randy on. We won't even ask him anything else. Just why is there no CFL week? Let him answer. Thanks, Mr. Commissioner. Have a great day. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I got a good reason because anyone who had anything to do with it is pretty much gone. That is why. Well, tied in and we we didn't talk about it was the, the CFL combine and how the league didn't stream any of it and how nowadays it literally takes nothing to stream anything. You can literally just mm-hmm. point your phone at it, put it on a tripod, hit so- a button. And it's being broadcast oh, me, the entire world. Game. Yeah, I was gonna say Steve did an entire exhibition game. We we, we knew trying to trying to butter up the team so we can get players again. They already hate us. It's fine. Yeah. But it's very, very easy to do something like that. And they sent a team out there. The league sent a team out there. It would not have been hard to get one of them to just put a phone on a tripod and aim it at the drills. You don't even need anybody to like do color commentary on it or play by play. It doesn't matter. The worst part is there are people offering to give the league coverage. They, they are offering to give the league support. Players are begging the league to let them do something for this. Derek Dennis and his his team. And the league is like, eh, we're good. We're fine. We're worried about the quality. What? It's guys doing broad jump. No one cares. They, they'd rather listen to some awesome commentary on top of it. Like, You'd absolutely sit and listen to an eight-hour live stream if it was Derek Dennis on there. Love yeah, he's going to have a great career in post-CFL or post-football career just talking. Yeah, but he can talk media. These guys could talk about their combine experiences, NFL combine experiences, right? Have the Canadian, have some Canadian guys in there. Bring Andy Fantuz or something. Talk about his combine experience. You can do that, and tell some stories behind that, and how the jump, as boring as it is, and watching guys do push ups like or bench press, like whatever. But they can relay why that's important. 
they and, can do something with this and it costs literally nothing. And that's the part that bothers me about the CFL is their marketing is they just, they, they want to reach all these people. Well, everyone's on their phones right now. So make it available to their phone. How do you do that? Click a button. Here's a link. Boom. There you go. It takes up half your screen. You can still do other stuff on your phone while you have the video going in the bottom corner. Throw in your headset. You can listen to it. People will do that. Put it on TikTok, whatever. But you need to do this. I'm not going to, honestly, personally, I don't care about the combine. I don't. I don't want to watch guys bench press. I don't want to see them do a jump to see how high they can go. I don't care. I don't care about the 40. How many times are you actually going to see a guy running a full straight on 40 in football? It just doesn't happen very often. But I know that there's a market that they can use that for and reach. And that's why I want them to do this. And their flat out refusal to do it just bugs me to no end. They want to talk about, well, we need to get out and reach the next gen. Get out there and reach them then. You're not going to do that by posting an article saying that, oh, this guy looked good. Okay, well, we didn't see it, so whatever. Side note, it's 2023. Can we stop doing one-on-one drills at a combine? The NFL doesn't do them anymore. Why are these guys taking extra reps to the and bashing their brains in? Or, and possibly getting hurt, hurting their uh, college careers. It makes no sense. I kind of got roasted on Twitter for saying that, but I talked to a bunch of players and they seem to agree with me. It may, if the NFL is not doing it, why are we doing it? There's hundreds of hours of fil- film on these guys and full game speed. So what's the point of these one-on-one drills now? You don't need them anymore. It's antiquated and stupid. And the next episode of our show, we're going to be talking about the CFL draft, which will have a grand total of two hours televised by their broadcasting partner. Two hours and just two rounds is all we got last year. And that's probably all we're going to get this year. They got to do better than that. It's got to be streamed. Put the whole thing on one of your TSN channels. Put it on TSN 2 so you can still have all your regional stuff. Put it on TSN. Put, put it on P, put, put it on PKP stuff. Yeah, but like, literally, everyone's just gonna be sitting on Twitter refreshing Justin Dunk because he's yeah. gonna leak the picks before it happens. He hasn't done that in a while. You know, he got slapped on the wrist pretty damn hard for doing that. They're like, no, 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 you cannot do that. Like, well, don't leak it out then, guys. Like, yeah. maybe put it on TV, and people will watch it instead of having to resort to sitting on Twitter all night. But again, it's just marketing by this league. They continue to fail and they do it to themselves every single time. And it's frustrating because we, we all just want the league to succeed and get bigger and get better. How are you going to get that 10th expansion team? How are you going to you know, have very strong markets everywhere? How are you going to have good owners? Well, get the product out there. It becomes more valuable. Hey, we stopped losing money. Cool. It's cool to own a CFL team now. Like it's gonna, sad. It, it can happen. Just it can't happen. The, wor- the worst part is the league is probably on its best financial footing. It's been in a long time because they found really good owners right now and solid ownership. Montreal's better right now. BC's better now. Like look at look at everything Victor Quee's doing at Edmonton. Like right now, the the CFL 
ownership slash brain trust is the best it's been in a long, long time. They just all need to start rowing in the right direction, and I'm concerned they can't do it. And there's our weekly rant on CFL marketing. <laughs> Come back next week where we will talk Come about Come back next week where CFL we talk marketing. about the same thing because they just can't <laughs> get their crap together. Just get Evan Johnson to record it and play it every episode. I wish I would have recorded If I would have known that's what it was, I would have recorded it. Oh, did I laugh? Uh, well, I think that does it for us this week here. Um, CFL draft is coming up, so we're actually going to have real things to talk about here, not just being angry at marketing fails that we see across the league. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk a little bit more about the draft then. How um, many receivers are we going to take? Marshall Ferguson did a mock draft. A three I know, I draft, saw that. And he had the Riders taking a receiver in the second round. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach out to Marshall. I'm going to get him to join us sometime here and kind of explain that because they do not need receivers right now. They're, no, they're, they're they fine. They have six that are perfectly fine. When they have <laughs> major areas of concern in Canadian talent. I get taking the best player available, but we do not need another receiver. No. Um, Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit more about the draft. Coming up as it hits here in just over two weeks. Pivot's Podcast brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as always go out to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support, making this show possible. We'll see you guys in a little bit. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. The Ghost Behind Your Mind. The Ghost Behind Your Mind. Oh, wait.